What's up, everybody? It's Joe LaPuma. You were listening. You were watching the Complex Sneakers podcast. As always, I'm joined by my two friends, my two co-hosts to my right, Mr. Matt Welty. Here we are. Busy day. Busy day. To my left, Mr. Brendan Dunn. What up? Got the polo starch today. <laughs> we are just talking <laughs> no starch. about starch. Uh, yeah. No, he didn't, didn't starch. didn't put any starch on there. Chris Polo. How we doing, guys? Wonderful. I had a great weekend. I was in Matt Welty's ancestral lands. Oh, in Jersey, yeah. You gave him the pass? I mean, he didn't even let me know. <laughs> oh, okay. You didn't check in? <laughs> Guilty as charged. Okay, he didn't check in. All right. Do you require people to check in when they come to Jersey City? Like, you were in Jersey City or you just in New Jersey? Yeah, I was. I was. I think that go-karting place, RPM, is oh, in yeah. Jersey oh, City, right? Wait. I'm a member now. Wait, the, the like, real... Go karting place? You think Did, I'm not going to do real go karts? You think I'm going to do? Well, there was kitty? another. The, the there was another stuff? one. There was another one that I was looking. There's a gigantic new one that just opened. That's like the biggest indoor one in America or in the world they or something to, like that. They have to vet your driving record before. <laughs> before they got you on the track. No, they they let me on, and I'm a member now. So yeah, I was in Jersey. Uh, okay. Went to Rut's Hut. Did yeah. a little Glizzy Famous tour. Place, yeah. Yeah. Let them know the Glizzy Gladiator is back. <laughs> I didn't get the Welty. Do you know what the, the Ripper, the Ripper, the Dipper, the Flipper, whatever it's, it's, called, ripper, it's called? The Ripper, and then there's a Cremator. <laughs> Were you with Justin Ballas? Is that why you're on the food tour? No, he wasn't invited. Okay, well, see ya. What's what's the Ripper? The Ripper is just a fried hot dog. Incredible. Oh, wow. And I assume you've had it. Yes. And then a Cremator is the fried, not like breaded fried, just like thrown in the fryer, so it like like splits on the seams. Hmm. And then a Cremator is like that, but like put in longer, so it's like basically black. Ooh, uh, I don't like I don't like the blackened glizzy. I'm gonna no, skip that one. No, what'd y'all do this weekend? I was away. I um, was traveling. Mm -hmm. Went to Tex uh, Austin, Texas for South by. It was really good. One thing I will say though, at JFK, going through security, got mm -hmm. stopped. Yeah, of course, by a fan. No, not by a fan. Oh, by, by TSA. TSA. Okay. Yes, <laughs> coming home, also got stopped at the Austin airport. Got screened twice. Random selection. Random selection, but no, it must not have been random because like it something set off the the Cuban the, link was shining too no, hard. The detector is that that the right word? Yeah. The first time in like maybe five or six years of traveling, mm -hmm. and I like wore the same stuff that I always wore besides Tiffany Air Force Ones. Nope, the Bam Bams. <laughs> Did our boy Aaron put something in? The Action Bronson New Balance? Yeah. Some, some, some hidden an, gems in there? Some, there's, exactly. There's, there's, a, there's an actual shank on the shank. <laughs> no, is there like a hidden, something hidden uh, in there? Because I, the first time in years I got stopped both ways, but um, hmm. I wore those all weekend. All think, weekend. Do you think Tiffany Air Force Ones are getting through? TSA? Yeah. Because <laughs> of the, the <laughs> Tiffany piece of silver on the back there? Yeah. I don't know. Alexander yeah, should have thought that one through. I wore those. I wore those action bronzes all weekend. Love them. Did you put in more steps than Brendan Dunn did. No way. Respectfully, no. Way. I, I checked. Did, no. I did. I hit like seventy five hundred each day. You had that beat, right? I was doing twenty eight each day. Really? Yeah. Wow, twenty eight thousand is a lot. Sometimes <laughs> my, I think my PR is probably like a seventeen thousand one. Mm -hmm. Twenty eight thousand is crazy. What were you wearing? No half steppers. The the bronzes. Oh. This was when I was in Japan, oh, not okay, this past yeah. weekend. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Did you, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Tiffany Air Force Ones all the time, did you guys see that meme over the weekend where the guy had the pliers and he said, time to go to the pawn I shop? I saw that. Yeah, I, I mean, that. you know what I'm doing with that. We spoke about it on FSR already. <laughs> oh, so yeah. You're melting it down, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I, I saw Teddy Santos this weekend. You did? Yeah, he was out on Mulberry Street. Did he recognize you? I mean, I said, what's up? And he was like, yeah, what's you up, You guys Brendan? shop it up? Uh, he, was, he was on the move. Okay. Did you hit him with the line that you had uh, proposed to say to him originally on, Brendan? <laughs> I never. 
It's, it's I mean, like a classic like thing he doesn't yeah. let go of. Yeah. You mean lie? <laughs> no, it's not a lie. It's, it's on. It's on this camera. It's not quite a lie. It's I know it's on camera. No, I didn't. Do you want to explain it? Or you just want to wow. bring up something from four uh, years came ago? Came to a screeching halt. <laughs> no, there was there was a time where Brennan said he was boycotting going in the ALD oh, store right, because right. they didn't show him any like respect, and his line was, was "You know, though, who, right? you, you, <laughs> thank you, thank you, you, you know who the f I am." Yeah, I'm, you know, <laughs> Teddy and Pecos, you'd be searching for, for him in Queens somewhere if he did that, right? Okay. That's, well, he, that's the <laughs> actual. That's the actual reason he'd be in Jersey because he'd be somewhere in the Meadowlands. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Tell him under the field with Hoffa. Um, I don't know if we want to get into it now, but one thing I would say, you know, we had a little bit of a, a little bit of back and forth about the Tiffany's and the top ten where they're yeah. going to land. One thing that I would say, a unanimous mm-hmm. shoe mm-hmm. that it feels like I'm with is going one. to be on the top ten. Jordan four. Everyone was talking about the SB Jordan. Air Jordan. That's 4. what I mean. Air Jordan yeah. four. This have you weekend. have you yes. have you uh, got it? No, come like full one eighty on it. Joe? Me? Yeah. I never. Um, well, it's a white shoe. I think that's why. It's a white shoe. Yeah. That's the only that's thing. That's what I mean. That's so at first you were like, oh, this is the colorway. Right, right. And so, yes, I like it. I still do not like it for me. I didn't get the reimagined threes, and I didn't get those uh, white and green fours. fours. But great shoe. Everyone who has it says, says like, it's awesome. a great shoe. They look awesome. More flexible. Those. Yeah, the fact that they went back in and retooled it a little bit and made some changes to the upper so it's not just a colorway slap with the logo on the back you know i i really appreciate that even though i of course will never be skateboarding in them like that's a cool extra mile to go because you really don't have to do that extra stuff if you're sb or air jordan yeah you could just make an sb air jordan 4 put the logo on the back do a new colorway and it'll sell out regardless so the fact that they did that extra stuff i think is laudable there is something about it where i know a lot of people aren't going to do it but I did see. I mean, you see a lot of people skating in the shoe, mm-hmm. and it does feel nice. I'm not. I'm not here to say you have to skate to wear the shoe. Right. It. It's nice I that people not. are. No, people are. People are using it as like a performance skate shoe yeah. to some degree, and seeing that more commonplace than just everyone just keeping them super precious. Yeah. Did y'all see the chaotic release at this skate shop in DC on U Street? This is Crush Skate Shop dropping SB Air Jordan Force. I did, and it was they like had the a, fir- they had a recent collaboration, right? Crush, or- I think so. And they handled it the way that you guys were talking about, and even like Matt from Corporate about like first come first serve, cam- like basically campouts and stuff like that. And then it it obviously resulted in yeah, it, it looked chaos. pretty chaotic. But yeah. I talked to our friend Abdul, who's you know in DC quite a bit, you know lives lives down there, and he said that the Images on social media weren't really an accurate portrayal of how the release went. Really? Okay. I think it's tough, too, for um, skate shops, you know, talking to owners over the years where I don't want to, like, give them just, like, a blank pass on, like, a bad shoe release. But mm-hmm. I also feel like skate shops, unless they're, like, one like the ones that kind of blur the line between boutique and mm-hmm. skate shop, mm-hmm. aren't always, like, equipped to handle these sort of things. I where agree with you. That you know, they may get three shoes a year that require them to have some sort of like release release protocol or mm-hmm. deal with this, where it's like the majority of people who come in and shop there and work there are just skate kids and skate shops obviously aren't as high volume as sneaker stores are, just a slower business. So it's like when these things happen, it's like they may not have the infrastructure yes. or the just like the the learnings from past releases. Yeah, to, and to, one thing I would say it. about this release, I was talking to a skate shop owner. They said two things. One, that and and I don't know. You guys give me your assessment of this. They said that like the entries and the hype for these shoes, 
I was like, can you compare it to one like in like recent years? And he was like, probably the only one that was maybe bigger. Chunky Donkey? No, the Travis SB. Oh. And I was like, wow. Uh, and I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But like that was, how long ago was that at this point? Like three, three years ago. Three years. And he was yeah. like, that one, it reminded us of that. And then the other funny thing he said is that people winning the raffle, and I don't know if you guys ever heard of this. Mm. People winning the raffle were coming to the store and being like, hey, I won the raffle. And thought that when you win the raffle, you get the shoes for free. Oh. <laughs> Have you ever yeah. heard of that? Uh, no. And I was like, oh, does that happen a lot? And oh, I think he- I remember that early on when like they first introduced raffles. Mm-hmm. People thought they were like, oh, I won the shoe. Yeah. And it's like, no, you still have to buy it. What I like about the, that four, though, is like you hold it and you're like, this is a really good shoe. Mm-hmm. This is a, like a great, great shoe. The, the raffle thing puts it in such perspective of how many hoops we have to go through to yeah. appreciate this stuff in this yeah. hobby where you are entering for the opportunity yes. to spend your money the opportunity yeah. to give the company your money and apparently like they were like oh i won the shoe and they didn't realize they had to pay for it mm-hmm. and then they're like oh i'm i'm okay on it so yeah. interesting so I, I was looking at the release details before crushed in dc dropped these by the way like i said it's it's there on u street you saw the jumbo slice place right mm-hmm. that you know that's how you know yep. but um abdul said that it it was a lineup and you could get a ticket so you can purchase a shoe, not a first come, first serve, which I think on their Instagram, they had said it was first come, first serve. Got it. And again, this is from our friend Abdul, and I trust him. He said, oh, as far as raffles go, Crushed has been the most fair in selling than any other place I've ever been to. He, he says he doesn't get a hookup there. That's just an objective thing. And I was, I was a little bit surprised, actually, when they first said it was going to be a first come, first serve release. We talked about this here on the podcast a few weeks back where... We had uh, reported on this new Nike North America product launch policy. Yes. And there's this distinction made between general release product and high heat product. This is definitely a high heat product. And in there, there are rules about like basically it, you shouldn't release a high heat product in a first come, first serve manner. There should be a draw around it because it. we know there's going to be chaos. You know, we, yeah. we know there's going to be fallout. And like Welty said, I think it's unfortunate because these stores get these rules from the brand and then the expectation is they're going to spend the money or have the infrastructure in place to be able to it's handle like, yeah, this stuff. Have, it's like, yeah, you're going to help right. me do it. Right, right. Yeah, Especially like skate shops. I feel like because I said skate Pay to higher the, security, things mm-hmm. like that. Or the least, least equipped because it's, like it's like a twice a year thing that they have to do. And I know we had a discussion about it, but it, it's tough with these like release protocols because I always feel like SB and skate shops has always been this outlier to Nike, I agree. to Nike SB where it's not like screw you Nike but they they don't have to play by the rules because that's not like their Monday through Friday business but they also have like a I don't want to say like a, a leg up on Nike but mm-hmm. they if Nike if if a SB shop releases a shoe in a way that Nike doesn't find suiting to mm-hmm. them, the skate the shop's going to say, "Well, what are you going to do? Are you going to pull my yeah? You're going to pull my account?" I because mean, they they could, they could, but it's tough for them because they're just going to have to allocate the sh- the shoes to someone else. But yeah. Nike has to be in these core skate shops. It's not like you take the shoes from like one sneaker boutique or like just one uh, Foot Locker or whatever and put it somewhere else. It's like you feel like they need those accounts to validate them. Yeah, just yeah. like the cool factor. Yeah, well, they ha- well, they can't. It's always been like the kind of the rule for uh, it used to be the rule where you can't sell the SBs like out of skate shops. That was always the rule for SB like early on where there were some stores that had accounts and they put like a skateboard in the corner just mm-hmm. to like satisfy like the skate factor of it that's interesting so part of my naiveness yeah. but no like tier one got them or they did 
this shoe? I don't yeah. know. I don't. I think this one maybe like would like a concepts and a kith and like, I think I don't oh, know. No, they did. For sure. They definitely did. This went they beyond it. Did, but so I yeah. just I just think the the SB business in general, it's like over one release, it's like you're not gonna like pull yeah an SB account from like a a core skate shop. I would hope not. Yeah, because it's like yeah. where else are you gonna sell the shoes? I would hope not. But in their rules, they make no. it very clear like yeah. this is one of the the things that we can't do. And this is just so you know their their rules on first come first serve distribution for a high heat product. They say high heat launch product. This is part of Nike's North America launch policy. High heat launch product sales may only be made available to consumers on a first come first serve basis when distribution through random drawings that's a raffle is otherwise impractical or infeasible and only one. First come, first serve distribution can be conducted in an orderly manner. This didn't look remotely orderly to me, yeah. but again, our friend Abdul, who yeah. you know knows this stuff well, says that it wasn't as chaotic as it looked. I haven't reached out to the, the store to ask. Okay. The other thing I've heard from skate store owners over the year, where one of their frustrations, like it's like you appreciate the business, you know, sure. it's money in the in the in your pocket, but you know you're, you're spending the resources to go through all of this in. Um, I don't think people realize that like skate shops get like allocated like so much like fewer shoes of these like high heat yeah. releases than like if it's like a retro Jordan at a Foot Locker or not. They're of like course. they're like you know like a Ben and Jerry comes or something like that, and they're like oh we only have sixteen pairs. You know it's not like and then they get ten thousand raffle entries for fifteen pairs of shoes. Yeah. It's just it's so disproportionate. But on top of that, being that they're more of like a niche business that. 98% of the people who are trying to buy the shoes from them aren't even going to be customers. Yeah. Right. That's not your Monday to Friday customer. Right. Right. Afterwards. So it's like, it's not like saying screw you to the person who's trying to get the raffle, but I feel like skate shops have less like uh, motivation to mm -hmm. try and like satisfy all the people. It's totally in the skate culture to be like, you don't like the way I do this. Screw you, yeah. you know, but they, they don't feel like they need to like, I'm not saying they don't need to make it fair, mm -hmm. but they're not losing money from someone who's less not, incentive for them. Who's not going to shop there anyways? And then when another high heat release comes, those people are still going to come to the shop anyways. I'm not justifying bad behavior, but it's yeah. just like probably such a headache for them to deal with that. That's I know. the easiest way what, out for yeah. them. I, I always side with the retailers on this thing. To me, Nike needs to be giving them more infrastructure and more support yeah. on releases like this. And I don't know to the extent to which they did that for Crush. The other thing is you see these chaotic scenes, and again. Abdul was telling us it wasn't as crazy as it was, but like this is what we had to go through to get shoes back in the day. This was a real thing, yeah. you know, that we'd been to. We'd been yeah. to lineups and mm -hmm. had things go left, you know? Like I think a lot of people who are buying shoes now are used to just buying them online and never had to go through that. One thing like this is reminding me of, yeah. I actually went into a skate shop in Austin, uh, no comply, shouts to them, and uh, it was like days after the release or whatever, but like people were still talking about the Jordan 4, but I loved it because like a little kid came in and his trucks were busted. Yeah. And he was like, oh man, I just like busted my trucks. And like they just, they, they were like, hooked him up and like redid, redid yeah. like, you know, and mm -hmm. captured the essence that this guy's talking about, that's right? A, that's you know, a beautiful a, thing. Yeah, a young Matt Welty kickflip. Yeah. Could you do a heel grind? A heel, a heel, heel flip? flip? Yes. I learned heel flips before kickflips. Heel flips is easier than kickflips. It depends. To, okay. It's like, a, I don't know. I couldn't do either. <laughs> oh, <laughs> who are you to judge? Yeah, I couldn't do either. So <laughs> I could barely ollie. Let's be honest. Joe, there was another uh, discussion I I found my way into from a, the full size run episode around the Jordan Four over the weekend, which I thought you know was a thing close to your heart where you may have good input on. Okay. So on let's the hear it. on the Marlon, I'll, I'll decide of that. No, but on, let's the hear it. on the Marlon Wayne's episode, we yep. were talking about the Jordan Fours, yep. and he asked me what's your favorite Jordan Four, mm -hmm. and I said black cement. That's my favorite Jordan 4. And then uh, yeah. I saw multiple comments of people being like, 
Worst takes the wealthy for calling no. them the black cements. Yes. They're like, these are the breads, duh. Don't you know that? I've made that mistake. I've made that mistake it's on sneaker mistake. shopping. I it's think I got mistake. the same. But wait. So no, but that's what the name of the shoe. Well, people, I always say breads. Oh, you say breads. Yeah. But I, I think but it's- black cement is totally acceptable. Okay. Because I've made that mistake and people, I think, roasted me in the comments uh, for one episode. And then I think- Those I've people always... are being too prescriptive. Okay. But that's like one of your favorite shoes of all time. So I just didn't know I where say you- breads. Uh, but remember, there was but a I say pushback. Black Cement Three. Black Cement Three obviously is the but. But well, you wouldn't call it a bread three. No. You know, so. But do you That's remember true. this pushback when Jordan Brand was first using the term bread in official capacity? It was on the eleven, right? They were they, they went to they went to celebrate it. It was when the I forget, the year that the elevens came back, the right? black and red elevens. Yeah. yeah, and they used it was like a celebration of bread, basically. Yeah, within you know? the and and there's a bunch of original. Air Jordan collectors, OG heads who that, oh they hate the term feel like the term bread, bread is, when, is when not I first, appropriate when for I a first, brand to use. When I first came to work at Complex mm -hmm. and it was still uh, Russ Benson and Nick Engvall running the sneaker vertical. I remember it was just like a lot of the lists of like ten signs you're a newbie sneakerhead or just got <laughs> into shoes. And one of them was I think at the time that they used to kind of deride always was the using the term bread. Mm -hmm. But this was like 2012, yeah, 2013. Times have changed. And at that time it was like if you use the word bread, everyone would be like. <laughs> and, and just just in case, just in case people don't know, it's a portmanteau. It means black and red, black and red yes. bread. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, I'm pretty like I have like a good threshold for like memes and and stuff like that. But I will tell you, when they were doing like the breads in the the su supermarket aisle oh, or like the, things, the shoe, the, yeah, that's, that's the infamous. That's the infamous. I hated that. OG hated sneaker that. beam. The, it was the a slippers. little too close. It was a little too close to my favorite Jordan Four. I, I didn't like that. You, you never know? did the Oreos stepping on some Oreos. I almost with, did with the pouring the milk on the, them. No, but even that, I was like, all right, not my thing. But like, I get it. It's so internet fodder. But when they were doing the breads, I was like, stay away from the where, bread four. Where do you stand on it, Brendan, for the fours? Calling them a black cement or a bread for? Yeah. I don't care. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I come from a school of descriptive linguistics, so I'll let people use the language how they want. Look at and that. We'll describe that. Look at that. What do you refer to it as? Um, I would probably call them bread fours in this day and age. Me too. Yeah, I think I, I think I would save myself some time, save myself a couple syllables. You know, I'm a busy man, so <laughs> any a, a, any extra efficiency in my yeah. day gives me more time to serve up these scoops. Take a couple bars off. I think, you know? I think for me, it's like, I, don't, I don't, I don't mind. Let the, just live. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't mind the, I don't mind the term bread, but I just sometimes I just like referring to things as like the colorway. Sure. So are you going to keep saying black cement? Yeah. 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 Oh, we missed it. Oh, That's why I love it. You can roast them in the comments. You think it's going to yeah. me? Me? I say uh, black cement. I get one comment, and it's like, all right. From now on, Change it is the bread. <laughs> from now on, it is the breads. Uh, Dave Matthews removed black cement from <laughs> anything. Well, this guy. This guy gets the worst take. He goes right back to well, it. I think, right. I think. <laughs> I think the first never, time that the the <laughs> the nickname lingo started to come up for me where I was like, I don't know if that's what you'd call it or mm -hmm. was when working in the store and the white and red 12s came out. This is a Foot Locker? Yeah. And this is 2009, like, 2010. Cherry, cherry? Yeah. And people were calling them the Cherry 12s. And that was like the first time. But it was kids who were like younger than me mm -hmm. at the time. And I think a lot of people on Nike Talk were like, they're not Cherry. It's like white and red, you know? And yeah. a lot of these... A lot of these social mores when it comes to sneakers and guidelines and standards were established on Nike Talk and maybe have dissolved since we moved away from talking about sneakers on there. Isn't it, fu isn't it funny, though, that like at 
for the, like the longest time, it always felt like there was these like hard and fast rules yes. like, established on Nike Talk, and if you went outside of that, you were going to get roasted on the internet. And, I love like, that made... though because I give all props to Nike Talk. Of course, I give props to Nike Talk for like establishing that mm -hmm. you know the nicknames, but also I always say it: the wit on Nike Talk, the wit that the people who are on Nike mm -hmm. Talk, the wit that they have transferred over to social media sometimes i mean most of the time so witty sometimes when they're coming at you you're on the like you're on, <laughs> the, other side, you're on the other side of it but the wit that nike talk all the the, yeah. the people that were on it that that built awesome i know we mentioned on here but you you had to have thick skin to be on nike talk because mm. you were gonna get no matter what chewed up no matter what spit out the back end can we talk about another sb release this is one i'm personally excited for what's this supreme Oh yeah, Nike SB Dunk Ramelzi set. Looks yeah, good. it looks good. The highs and the lows. The lows kind of look like a puss head thing almost. Okay, with with the blocking and the black on it. To me, the high is the one. The white, white and gum sole, as we've mentioned here and elsewhere, always looks good. This is such a special one. I'm, I'm such a huge fan of Ramelzi. His work. I mean, the the Red Bull exhibit that they had in New York a few years back was was so incredible. And if you're not familiar with him, go watch Style Wars. Yeah, uh, or uh, Wild Style. I, I remember uh, the Star Wars 20th anniversary yep. DVD box had set too, yep. had like a really long interview with him. Mm -hmm. And that just blew my mind as a teenager. And I think there's some really cool connections here, too. He was, I think, the first artist that Supreme ever collaborated with, you mm -hmm. know, way back. And they did a capsule with him more recently. And also like James Jebbia was a big fan of him. Yeah, I think James Jebbia also was a big patron of his, you know, mm -hmm. buying his art and things like that. And in the original Supreme store on Lafayette. That same artwork that appears on the Supreme Ramelzi SB Dunks was hanging in the store. So mm -hmm. it, there's a lot of just cool connections there, and I'm I'm quite looking forward to this one. They brought back the the little uh, the lace locks too. Mm -hmm, Is mm -hmm. that what they are? The lace locks with like the Supreme. I, th I think it's one of the better Supreme, not Dunks, just like shoes. Collabs. Yes, one of the one of the best Supreme it, in a Nike collaborations in years. I'm, in my I'm still like on the fence lately. I don't know what it is, but it feels like there's like something. Not with this shoe per mm -hmm. se, but just overall, there feels like there's something off with like how they make dunk highs nowadays. I don't know what it is. There's just something like the midsole or something like looks. The, sh the shape looks a bit alien to you. It's, yeah, it's, it's I don't know. Wrong. There's just something like all the dunk highs that I've seen mm. come out just look different than Ooh, dunk. We should lows. do a comparison or something. I don't. I don't know why. Yeah. But I remember seeing that when like Concepts did that like Turducken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dunk. Totally forgettable shoe. There was like something. I saw somebody wearing those downtown, and I was like, wow, we never needed that sneaker. Also, I like the this new set of Supreme Ramel Z collabs because this is so much more interesting to me than, like, the starry versions. You know, they did the lows with the stars on them. That yep. was a reference to the old. I'm like, I let them. for those. You got the lows? Yeah, the black ones. I think how, those are so unnecessary. How, how, how frustrated, I mean, were you or people in general, everyone thought that, like, was the, the, the pandas, and you spent, like, a thousand Did people really them. think that? No. No, but there's a lot of people who... Who see those and right, but just I assume. Have, it's are, are you going up to the? It's like that meme where it's the two people at the urinal, <laughs> and the one person walks over to the. You know, they're they're standing at the urinals, way far away from each other, and Joe walks all the way over and says, "By the way, these are not panda dunks. Uh, they're actually I have the Supreme a, SB Dunk Low with the stars on that reference the old highs." <laughs> or it's the guy with the blurred vision. I you haven't know? worn those, but yeah. I, I definitely like overpaid for those. I, How maybe much? I need to bring them out. I, I don't remember, but it was like a lot. It was like one of those. I think I was shooting in L.A. and. I was like looking at them. I was like, I like these. I like these. And then the third day, I was like, I really like these. And then by the fifth day, I was like, whatever. So, but yeah, these look good. These dunk highs. I could see you on the Brooklyn Bridge recreating that that uh, photo of you in the vintage. Uh, what was it? You and LVs. 
In those, uh, you put the little, you ha you keep those carpet pants it was a, on. It was a St. John's, I think. Maybe we do the human made ones because the, they're a little bit more of a gum gum color and it matches the gum. Now you're designing the whole outfit yeah, for me right I now. It. I really appreciate that, man. Yeah. Did you get your threes yet? Uh, they're supposed to be coming this week. Okay, because if not, reimagine white cement Air Jordan yeah. three. Yeah. I hope you get the one with the. <laughs> it's crazy I, I, I put it out there someone hit me up and there was like a lot of discussion about this but they had the they had a messed up pair of threes mm -hmm. and the production dates were different on the shoes on the left and the right shoe yeah so the the left shoe and i don't know if this means that they were made differently but the left shoe was like say it was uh october 10th to december 12th or whatever mm -hmm. right and then the right shoe was the same start date, but a different end date. Somebody messed up on these. And, and so, I, I, they what did the sneaker look like? They were the ones that were screwed up. It was like the different cement prints. Okay. So, they were they had the same start production date, but a different end production date, which leads me to believe that they were made at different times because you wouldn't have changed the number on it. Yeah. Like, in yeah, the middle yeah. of like stamping things on, but. I don't know Nike's exact like production process, but mm. I guess maybe you make all the lefts and then all, I, don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I hope your pair is clean. Yeah. Just just odd, you know. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope. Yeah, I hope you get an A plus pair. <laughs> our, our old Fra Fraser thought was hitting me about the quality control. I said, "Listen, direct call Tinker Halfield. You know, Fraser. <laughs> Fraser. Yeah, oh, I mean, Brent, he Brent actually Brendan. could. He actually could. And go check out that interview with, with Joey, Joey Harrington. Harrington. You know, I told uh, Don a little. A little nugget when he said that he interviewed Tinker Hatfield and Joey Harrington, our boy Rudy Calderon at the finish line of deep of Wyoming yeah, fame, of course, had yep. the Detroit Lions Joey Harrington authentic jersey because it was like one of the first years they did like the light blue with the silver, size fifty six. It was down to here with the fit. <laughs> and, and he had the white, the white with the with the Lions blue swoosh Air Force ones, and I'm sure PG knows probably has some. You know, he got to do a, a dump of get these vintage. Air Force Ones, but Rudy had the whole did, fit, the jersey, the Joey Harrington. He was, was he number one? Did he? Yeah, but he did he get it on like clearance after Joey's like first no. year in the NFL? No, he oh. got it as it came out, like okay. authentic, down to his knees with the fitted. Came in Roosevelt Field. I was like, okay. You remember? You remember? Okay. Working in the store, they'd always have that one rack of like jerseys of like players who didn't pan out to be good or got traded, and they'd yeah. be like 1999. And like, there'd be like dudes would always come in and buy them, and you'd see them like walking around the mall, and it'd be like the biggest, like, like who who are some of the well, players who you would it, see in that rack? It would just be like, well, working in New England at the time, it'd be like old like Patriots linemen who got traded, who it's like it's not really like <laughs> yeah. the coolest like jersey to have. Oh, uh, like. Jason Seahorn on the Giants was like a big one. Like yeah. I, you know, I, I need I, names. Who yeah, else? Jason Seahorn. I, I think like Ron Dane. You'd see a lot of those at the Giant games, and it's like Marshalls was a big yeah. finish line, sure, and like the clearance racks. But Marshalls is like you can find some like. You can find some really old, like, <laughs> Mo, Mo Vaughn, New York Mets baseball jerseys at, at Marshalls and Ross right now. Yeah. Yeah. But Rudy had that Joey Harrington fitted out. Uh, the fitted. Not fit. Oh, the, the hat. The yeah, fitted yeah, low. Yeah. Fitted low. Say, the fit was like, a little off it, on the though. jersey. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And he had the jersey. Yeah. So. But go check out that interview. Please do. Shoes Please are wearing. Do. Yes. Well, too. What do you got on feet? Uh, first time breaking these out. The Stone Island New Balance. I like them. Yeah, you tongue fucking it today so you can get the bad. Yeah, that's how he's in. feeling it. That's yeah, how yeah. he's feeling it. You know me, Arthur Carr Solomon's Art Dilla Automobile. Are you I gonna, brought them back. Are you gonna replace these in the rotation? Joe? Those sold out. 
The I know what you're talking about. Those sold the out. The Dover Street Market. I need those. Solomon collaboration. The black the same ones. Shoe. Yeah. yeah, I need the as black ones. As soon as Wealthy saw those, he flagged them as a huge JLP shoe. Usually yeah. he's kind of off and or joking some combination of the two when he, he says No, the, like when that, I saw that, that yeah. was... This he time? Was on, he was on point with this one. And he, <laughs> he you know, he... He was on point, and he he took he went multi platform. He went first to the Slack, <laughs> tested the water of the reaction. Then he went to the the tw the Twitter I saw. But yeah, I need those. Those sold out. I wonder if they have them in store. If not, Brian T has. Uh, if not, but um, we'll see. <laughs> I need those black ones. But yeah, we doing hope Arthur Carr. We yeah. hope you get them. Sneaker. Off white Air Jordan Five. Come on. Sneaker of the year. Right, Come on. White laces in them. It's in print. It's in the Complex Sneaker of the Year book. Forget the panel. Forget everything. It's in the book. Go get that book. It's still on Amazon. Amazon's still open. Barnes & Noble's still open. We wrote it with a lot of our colleagues. Mm -hmm. Love them. You know, he, he's on timing today. That's what happens when he, you know, the, like the I way, always way, say, the, when the he, you guys got two shoes today. You put those on, he feels like Jordan. The, the, way, you were, the, the way you were saying that, <laughs> Joe, the, you're like, it's still there. We wrote it. Was a lot like who you think you are. I am. I like that book. Um, Did a good job. Classic. A lot of good writers. Classic. Okay, so more shoes. Uh, we talked about Supreme Dunks three packs. There's another three pack of collaborations coming out. I thought you were gonna say three pack of ass. <laughs> There's a two pack. Um, social status. Yes. Mac attacks. Yes. I like the shoes. But you said that you don't like um, I just don't multiple like, colorways. I, I, not every shoe is bad in multiple colorways, but mm -hmm. I'm just not a big fan in like Nike's like new approach to everything. Where well, it's you, like you think they you should mean give for one a collaboration, to, you want it to be more special and not I just, roll out in multiple sometimes colorways. Sometimes I just I would just prefer like the one shoe. Yeah, and I feel like when obviously there's exceptions to the rule, like Supreme Dunks mm -hmm. over the years, etc. Mm -hmm. But I feel like more of the collaborations that have stood out over the years have typically been a, a singular shoe. Yeah, more definitive. Yeah, so you're like, oh, this is the collaboration. And I think maybe, and I'm not saying that people don't work hard on collaborations, but maybe if you have to whittle it down to one thing that's releasing. Yeah, whittling it down. Yeah. Oh, you, ah, look yeah. at him, look at him. Maybe it helps you decide on it or, I don't know, maybe it, yeah. put a little more into like being like hey this is my only shoe i'm gonna drop instead of like having to focus on yeah it's it's essentially in my opinion the the sneaker version of albums nowadays that they want to make them like 48 songs hmm. for streaming yeah and it's like yeah the there's a lot more for the fan to listen to yeah but maybe some of them could have were, been more selective. Yeah. Is there one other example that you have recently besides that one that like just to contextualize it? I mean Sakai. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like they they did like someone I even totally forgot about their shoe. They did like those cause blazer lows. <laughs> yeah, I remember those. Yeah, <laughs> they did a like, shoe. I definitely I definitely bought those blue. on sneakers, being like, yeah, I'll take these to StockX in a couple of years and cash out. It's not going to be much more than six dollars gross. Yeah. Net, I'm sorry. The other one I thought too, I've mentioned it on here, was that like ambush, like adjust force. If they just drop, you just it, want one colorway. Yeah, just one, and just it makes it feel like this is the project. Okay, that aside, do you like the social? Status I do, I do. I, yeah, I think when I first saw it, PJ Tucker debuted it. Mm -hmm. um, there's that green and orange colorway, mm -hmm. which I think maybe just yeah. stick with those. Not that the other colorways are bad, but I just want the one colorway. Yeah, um, and they look dope. They're like the mismatch. Joe, are you excited about the return of the Mac attack? I like it. It's too white for me, though. But I think, like, they really 
So the Travis was part of the rollout. It does feel years like, back. It does right? feel like the we long, discussed the, this on here. It a while. was the, like yeah. the oh, longest. My story. The like, long, the longest inorganic. That's what I'm saying. That was a long time ago, and it had to be part of that, right? Like when you just shoot a combat the 550. You think the man attack is in that lane? Oh, I mean. It's not going to do what the 550 did. No, but Interesting. I, mean, I never thought of the Mac attack as a New Balance 550 parallel. Me either. But, I mean, look at now it. Now that you say it, I, I see it for sure. It's yeah. not going to do that, but that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I, I'm excited for the return of the Mac attack. I think that uh, there are some wonky colorways coming. Actually, speaking of Nike talk, I think some people posted some CADs or it's some like scans brown, or some orange upcoming one. colorways, and it looks like, ooh, they just killed that thing real quick. But, fortunately, the social status ones look uh, premium and interesting. It, it reminds me of, like... Back in the day when they would do like the retro of the Agassi like tech challenge mm -hmm. and everyone's excited for the OG colorway and then there's like a black and orange that comes out and you're like, nobody wanted that. <laughs> well, I hope the Mag Attack does well. I think it's a cool model that's never been back in its OG form before. So happy to have it back. A lot of stuff to get to today. That's true. I see a box there. That's true. Obviously the timing. Last week, we didn't get it to talk mm -hmm. about the Tom Sachs. Yes. I was wearing the Tom Sachs shoes. We went home. Terrible timing from both of y'all. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, I ended up wearing them. FSR, and then I How went, can you be so insensitive? It's like... <laughs> but, uh, yes. One, not a lot of people commented about it. I know that you always have to address it. I get it. But I think people knew that it was recorded before. But anyway, then I wore a Monday. We shot early. We went mm -hmm. home. Mm -hmm. We get a link in the Slack a few hours later. And we didn't get a chance to talk about it. And I know you wrote a piece yeah. on it. And it's been big news in the sneaker world and the art world and everything. And Can I just say one thing? I have never called myself the Tom Sachs guy. Oh, now I you're getting okay. never. Let's okay. just like, but this okay. is the most. I know you guys have your little PSAs about, mm -hmm. yeah, all the news about Tom Sachs' uh, toxic workplace came out after you wore the shoes. You know, and That's people where were you're worried going with it? that happened first. But. Remember that I have been publicly branded by my co-host over here on the right as the Tom Sachs yeah. guy, something I never, ever called myself. But to be fair, no one comes up with nicknames for themselves or else they don't stick. <laughs> okay. So now that this news has yeah. broken these allegations around Tom Sachs, I am flooded with questions about, are you still a Tom Sachs guy? And I owe that all to our friend Matt Welty. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they are very serious allegations. Yes. And yeah. So a story by Curb describing a toxic workplace, creepy behavior toward women, violent outbursts, and an area in his studio called the Rape Room that's now been renamed. Pretty serious allegations. And then we had a follow-up story about this yeah. box issue that happened years ago on the Tom Sachs Nike Mars Yard 2.0 that we kind of un uncovered for the first time. Just a lot of Tom Sachs-related things mm -hmm. coming out. I I've spoken to a lot of people since this news broke. Somebody told me that when Nike SB did that uh, Team Classic shoe, you remember they did the, the SB Team Classic yep, yep, in, a yep, in the, in Mars Yard-looking colorway yep, yep. that yeah. Tom Sachs and his team freaked out about really? it. Really? And, and were, like, super upset that somebody else within Nike was was using this color scheme. There was also that... Uh, overbreak shoe? Overbreak that they did in the Tom Sachs colorway, and then... They released it with that kind of... They like covered up. They yeah. sprayed the shoe, and then you could you could rub it away, and it would like. Yeah, I think one of the big questions right now is: Will Nike continue to work with Tom mm -hmm. Sachs? And a lot of people have said they should be holding him to the same standard that they hold Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. And okay. I think that in general, they should hold all their brand partners to the same standards, even if that might not be the reality of it, and mm -hmm. there are financial implications for them to consider. But I do think they should consider that, and that should be kind of the. The biggest thing is, mm -hmm. does this person align with our brand values? And this is what we talked about with Kyrie Irving. Yeah. And I think when you have with Tom Sachs these allegations over many years, this isn't one issue. This is like 
a systemic thing with the studio he has and and maybe with him as a person um i think that at that point this person doesn't align with the brand's values and they're not the right brand partner and you shouldn't continue to work with them especially because like I don't think there's a gigantic investment in Tom Sachs either for Nike to even consider. It doesn't feel like they do a lot of marketing. I mean, yeah. they just made the new shoe And also shoe a lot of him. the shoes that, besides the GPS shoe that is like everywhere, yeah. a lot of like the Mars Yard, it, it you know, it, it almost is like- It was they, aftermarket. They had like, like false starts a little bit. The 2.5 mm -hmm. never came out. And it's out. super limited stuff where it doesn't yeah. constitute a significant amount of revenue. Yeah. You know, they, they designed the new shoe for him in the GPS and that takes an investment to open up the molds mm -hmm. and things like that, but probably less than $100,000. So. Mm -hmm. To me, there's enough there to be like, look, we shouldn't work with this person anymore. And I think that's the right decision. I don't know if that's going to happen. Somebody told me that the next colorway of the GPS is on pause for now. While they kind yeah, of miss that like, like Rasta-ish one. Uh, I'm not exactly sure of the colorway, but I think they're definitely stopping and questioning these things. And I think once upon a time, he would have maybe been more protected. Because if you remember, Tom Sachs came to Nike through former CEO Mark Parker, you know, Mark being a patron of his and, and them being friends and Mark tapping him to work on sneakers with Nike. Mark Parker's not there anymore. I don't think John Donahoe would have as much of a tendency to be like, no, we need to keep this guy around. Yeah, and I feel like just in general, like the over the years, I felt like Mark was more like connected to a lot of like the collaborators in, yeah. in general and like wanting a to product guy yeah wanting to push certain people to work with the brand where it seems like john donahoe is more just like a bottom line sort of person yeah that's what it feels like to me uh we did get the statement from nike on this i think we were the first ones actually no i know we were the first ones nike said we're deeply concerned by the very serious allegations we're in contact with tom and his studio seeking to better understand the situation and how these issues are being addressed one one of the things that i guess came up were like you know when something like this happens working in sneakers you're always going to get people who dm you and hit you up like mm -hmm. sending you links to certain things you know and a lot of people i know you know hit me up about this and they're like oh i'm so disappointed by you know this happening because a lot of people are like no i can't wear my tom sack shoes mm -hmm. and like i'm supporting someone that i don't align with and i remember saying to people i go uh, I, I know everyone's disappointed by this, but the, I don't want to say crazy part, but like the sad truth about it, I go, does it, does it surprise you? Mm -hmm. You know, I guess everyone was kind of like, wow, this really isn't that surprising that it's not okay. But if they had to guess this was going to happen in terms of Tom Sachs's character. Yeah. They're like, oh, hearing the things that he did, mm -hmm. they're like, wow, I guess that does make sense. And yeah. And then you, you hit me the night after or the same night like the story broke and you were mm -hmm. like check the box of the 2.0s yeah and you subsequently did another story yeah so this is if a story that we yes. broke that we were actually sitting on for a while now and hoping to talk to tom about but this new service and we feel like it was the right time so i want to bring out the box for the 2017 nike mars yard 2.0 yeah so this is my personal pair that i got from 21 mercer and basically what happened with the 2017 nike mars yard 2.0 is there was a message that they printed on the inside of the box it's a quote from this sculptor named Brancusi, who Tom Sachs is a fan of. And, and the quote includes the phrase, work like a slave. And basically, this shoe was about to release. They had the boxes printed up with this quote mm -hmm. that the start of it is work like a slave. I think the whole thing is work like a slave, command like a king, create like a god. And it got to a point where it was about to release. Somebody flagged it and said, look, we can't release a sneaker that has the word slave on it or says work like a slave on it. We have to do something about this. So what Nike did back then, 2017, to cover it up was basically 
apply to the boxes some some type of tape or something, rip off the writing, and then apply in its place this flap of duct tape, which this duct tape thing, like, would look weird on a different Nike shoe, right? A hundred percent. But somehow the, it, fits, the, it fits his The duct tape yeah. thing, it, and it's funny because I don't know the story behind this. I'm mm -hmm. always like, you know, they're in the closet, and I'm always like, the duct tape thing is such like a cool type of yeah, you know, it, uh, like, and it, it matches. I'm like, it's like this scrappy. It, exactly. It's, I'm like, the duct tape makes this box. It's this yeah. little weird, that like, I know, twist you know, the fade or whatever it, that yeah. like, somehow aligns with his aesthetic that like yeah. unintentionally builds the mystique behind the shoe. Yeah. So I had heard about this years ago. Had kind of been waiting to look into it further, and then when this happened really dug into it. And one of the things I did was reach out to a seller of fake Mars Yards because I had seen once before a fake box for the shoes that had the full quote. Where did you see that, if you could remember? Like a tump, where? I, it was on IG, just a random wow. one, and I was like, oh my God, I found the infamous box with the full quote. And this makes total sense to me because if you were a producer of fake shoes, you would have had the early the earlier version. Yeah, you would have had the specs to make yeah. the original box and not the last minute instruction from Nike, hey, we can't put out this box that says work like a slave on it. Again, it's part of a full quote from the sculptor Brancusi. And I was I was very, very convinced too because if you go on Tom Sachs' website, there's some old writing about how he appreciates this sculptor and developed a personal relationship with his work in college. So basically... I reached out to a fake seller and I was bothering them about the shoes and they were like, we don't have a photo of the box. Eventually I got a photo from them of the box and the fake boxes have the full quote wow. in broad daylight on there. And and so I was like, this is, this is a thing. And then I peeled back the tape on my pair and we didn't put out the photos of this because it's very hard to see, but I'm gonna pass the mm -hmm. box around and you can see the faint, faint writing. You can see some of the Ks. You can see the word create there very faintly. Joe, if you wanna take a look I at saw, it yeah. and then pass it to Wealthy and let me know how yeah, well Wealthy, you can see Yeah, Wealthy, I'm it. interested to, I definitely see. It's hard to get yes. you with, have with to, the camera. Yeah, I haven't seen this before yet, yeah. so. I mean, you can definitely see. You can the, see some of the letters, The right? letters right yeah. there. No matter what, yeah. And, and Nike deserves some small amount of credit because at the last minute they decided we can't put this out. Yeah, I mean, someone did still make the decision early on at Nike that, like, okayed it. It's not like Tom exactly. manufactured the boxes himself. Exactly. So peel the tape back on there, Wealthy, and let me know Have how many of the letters before? you can see. What do you mean? Have you ever seen what he's talking about? No, no, no. Can you see it? You see a K, you oh, see, like, on. an E down there. Oh, yeah. Oh, so it's written in the same like, font. font. Yeah, the same text as appears elsewhere on the so box in this like is, Tom Sachs. I never knew. Do you have an answer to this? So this was this printed by? Was this written or? No, it's printed, printed. on the box. Okay, yeah. I didn't. I didn't because yeah. it looks like it was actually. It looks like, like a marker. Yeah. yeah. Someone from okay. Nike told me a story about you know them having to go through hundreds of boxes right before the release and removing the wow. text from them. It looks almost like in some extent like you're some ancient like archaeologist like. Yeah. I wanted to get like a white black gloves. light yeah. or do yeah. some forensic yeah. analysis again. We're not going to put too many photos of that in here because if you see the photos, it doesn't photograph yeah, yeah, well yeah. and I look like a conspiracy theorist. But, you know, it all adds up, basically. And like I said, I think Nike deserves some amount of credit for... Just for the last second being like... Whoosh, stopping it. But also, how many layers of approval did this get through, like, to get like this? Like, you yeah. were sending these shoes out. Somebody who works at a factory had to print on this box, work like a slave. Also feels like... Uh to some extent, though, that these like smaller projects mm -hmm. aren't involved with as many people, right? Maybe, maybe it being in a, in a different department helped it have less eyeballs on it yeah, or something or like just that. Just like a small team that tends to tends to do this sort of stuff. Yeah, um, and I think the work like a slave thing looks particularly bad when you consider that this original curb yeah. expose was about the psychotic workplace that Tom Sachs created. Yeah, well, I think I guess the biggest thing that would um, 
with Nike is that, you know, there's always been like allegations and it's always one of the comments that like will always come up when you work in the footwear space of like, how can you support these brands when they essentially use what some people equate to slave labor to mm -hmm. manufacture the shoes? And especially in the past few years where there's been all the allegations towards Nike with the Uyghurs and yeah. uh, Western China, to most accounts being kind of held against their will to to make these shoes. So that in the full context yeah. of the scope like looks particularly bad for yeah. Nike. Mm -hmm. I was a little bit surprised, and maybe this was me, you know, thinking my own work would travel further, but I thought maybe that this story would blow up and this would, this would put more pressure on Nike to drop Tom Sachs. I'm a little surprised that there isn't more conversation. Do you all think Nike's going to end up stopping their partnership with Tom Sachs? I would think so at this for, point. It's going to be on pause yeah. for a while. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think that it's going to be on pause for a while, and I think that before the GPS shoe he popped in and out very, very inconsistently with the Mars Yard. The overshoe, like, mm -hmm. basically released, didn't really, like, it released. Then the 2.5, which had the cover on it. Remember those? Yeah. Those never I mean, released. The buried lead that I put in that story that we reported last week was they're working on a Mars Yard 3.0. Nobody it, really picked yeah. up that story, and, but, but and, you know, the, there's a Mars Yard 3.0 coming. Whether or not they scrap it, I don't know. It, and the Mars, Yard, the Mars Yard is, like, you know, the, the hero product for the collaboration between Tom Sachs and Nike, but those GPSs that were built on, we're just going to keep replenishing them. They're, everyone's going to get them. They're mm -hmm. going to constantly restock. And you, to be honest, you see that GPS shoe all over. Yeah. I see it all over. Yeah. That is where the pause, you're going to feel the pause. Those restocked so often already, and I don't think we're going to see like those get replenished and I, and those newer models come out, new colorways come out in the, in the near future. Yeah. Oh, I, I think maybe touch on a couple things right here is where I think first of all the Tom Sachs becoming like uh, one of the top tier people at Nike as yeah. far as collaborations go was never like a planned process it doesn't feel like it yeah. felt like more of like an organic thing that happened over nobody time. cared about his shoes for a long time yeah and then like all of a sudden they just had this like moment and they just like astronomically like went up yeah um so it's not like you said investment or whatnot. It's not like Tom Sachs was pursued and built by Nike as this like, uh, this is what the core of our brand is, and this is who we're like hitching our mm. sled to. You know, where it's not like LeBron or Kyrie, where these right. people were established mm -hmm. as the people. So um, I don't know. I don't know how much like Nike like was invested in the idea. Yeah, but it should make dropping him a simple. I guess. Decision, I guess. Right? I guess easier. But the thing that I said, I I've thought that. And we talked about a little bit where you talk about like public outrage. Mm -hmm. It just makes you realize sometimes that like sometimes these corners of sneaker world are more niche than you think they sure. are. Where we all know who Tom Sachs mm -hmm. is. A lot of people buy his shoes, maybe don't even know that Tom sure. Sachs is an artist or whatnot. But he's not as mainstream as other right. like a Travis Scott right. or, 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 like Kyrie a, or Kyrie Irving, where it's people only in the sneaker world really who care about this. And then it's like a even smaller percentage of people in the sneaker world. So I guess maybe that's why you don't see this like public outrage or these huge like call out. I thought out, it was going to be a big call story. out tweets. Like it just seems like it's, I think it, it's happening. I'm not saying I'm not giving a pass or yeah, anything yeah. like that, but it just, it doesn't really feel like as much fallout. There's like feet to the fire on Nike's yeah. half where anyone's like forcing their hand. I mean, also you're comparing, you 
to compare it to NBA players, it's a little different. They have like such a big kid. No, for audience, sure. That's, you know, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think the shoot like the Mars Yard. They were sitting on shelves, like you said, and then it feels like the cool guy section got mm -hmm. a hold of them and really blew them up, and like they became super hype. But I think that again, where they it seems like they were trying to get away from making the hyped Mars Yards and in favor of a more general release shoe, mm -hmm. which they did. To like to me, it, it seems like Nike and Tom Sachs wanted the shoes all everyone yeah, have yeah, them. Yeah. That's where you're gonna feel it. In yeah. terms of the void, if yeah, they slow like, down or when like they, they literally down. took the limit, the the limited aspect of the Mars Yard, took it and out like, of it. yeah, flipped it to this GPS shoe yeah. to have as many people wearing it, and tons of people were, you know, I just said it, yeah. tons of people were wearing it, and now we'll see what's going to happen. I don't think we're going to see the them. Well, I guess one of the other biggest conversation aside from Tom Sachs's allegations. Mm -hmm over the weekend was a lot of people kind of, I guess, wrestling with that idea of, hey, he did all this like crappy stuff that I don't align with, but I have the shoes, can I still wear them? I yeah. saw like a lot of that chatter on the internet. People were asking me that. I'm, I'm not gonna wear People said that about shoes. Yeezys too. I'm, I, I'm not know. gonna wear, like, you just. Do, do you think that when you see someone wearing any of these products by, not just Tom Sachs, but any of the creators that are deemed no longer like mm -hmm. like a persona non grata in, mm -hmm. in the public sphere. Do do you feel if you see someone in the product that maybe they just don't know or don't care or they're like trying to make a statement and by I wearing the shoe? Or I always I assume that they are either ignorant of the allegations yes. or they don't care. I never think that someone's trying to make a statement with that. We, I know what you mean because I feel like we're hyper aware of it and hypersensitive of like, I don't want to wear the Tom Sachs shoe right now because I don't agree with who he yeah. is as a person based on these descriptions. But... I, I think other people don't go through those thought processes. And I agree because I have friends who were like literally on spring break with their kids like mm -hmm. two weeks ago or three weeks when like they were off from work and uh, they were like post on Instagram and they're wearing Yeezys. And I'm like, there's no way that like, yeah. there's no way they're just too far removed from it or it's not a thought to them. Yeah. But mm -hmm. making a statement like, I don't think so. And, and I think the Tom Sachs stuff is interesting too because so much of what is described does not overlap directly with his Nike work. But there are shreds of it. So in the original Curb report, there was a description that he showed up to a virtual Nike meeting oh, yeah, with yeah, some women that. on the call just in his underwear. Um, and his I studio know. said in response, like, that's a normal part of these quote-unquote virtual fittings. Definitely kind of weird. But then that's I think the, the the box thing that, that we published is more directly implicated in terms of Nike. And again, I just – I can't believe – that you would put the word slave on a box. You know, like you go to Nike ID or Nike by you, oh, as it's called now, and there are many, many words you can't even put on a shoe. You're not even allowed to like mock it up. And it's just kind of that level of tone deaf of, of I don't know, maybe it sounds like I'm trying to blow it up because it's my own scoop, <laughs> but I'm just like, how, how, how does that happen? I, I couldn't find those answers, but I'm still interested in them. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. Um, can we talk about StockX for a while? There's some StockX stuff that I want to discuss. Oh, yeah, there, was a, there was an update? 38 fake shoes. Yeah, um, there was a new redacted document published last week that breaks down in some detail where this fake sneakers from the StockX lawsuit came from. Um, one interesting revelation that was actually tucked away in an old transcript is that Zodikix is implicated in this now, too, because some of the fake shoes that, um, that Nike is highlighting in their mm -hmm. lawsuit with StockX were from his his hoard that you know that's been seized or whatever so like that's an interesting part but then this this other thing in this redacted document 
And it's hard to understand exactly what happened, but Nike kind of describes this event where some reseller and collector bought a bunch of pairs of shoes from StockX and they had in that group 38 pairs of fake shoes. I actually found the person and talked to them. We published a story on this on Complex and they said that they bought for an investment around 60 pairs. I think it was UNC ones, Mocha ones, things like that. And 38 pairs were fake. What a nightmare. Like whenever I hear these fake over 50, over 50%, you know, whenever I hear these stories about fake sneakers on StockX, I always, you know, say to myself, "Uh, well, you know, it depends on how many fakes there are per hundred per thousand. But Mm -hmm. I think Josh Luber said that to us early on. Yeah, yeah you know, but when you the hear a story right? like that, it's like, that's... oh my God, that's a systemic problem. And that's what How this many guy... did he buy? Um, well, he, he's a reseller. So let, let me get the exact number here, actually. Where is he? Uh, da, 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 da. He bought 62 pairs. And I, I, 38 I, were fake? 62 pairs from and 38 same... failed in one order, yeah. He was trying to get support from StockX. He eventually did get a refund, but... Is that from one seller or like he? I don't know. I, you, you don't know on the other end of, it, of this right, purchase, right? right? Because I'm not. I'm not here to give it like uh, a pass or anything. Mm-hmm. But imagine, I guess, just the way that like the production line works, where mm-hmm. there's like one verifier who they, you know, they do a ton and ton of shoes. There was the story out there, you know, years ago, where like the person signed up to work at StockX, and they got mad that they had to verify X amount of shoes and that DMX Rough Riders anthem was playing all day in the <laughs> in the warehouse. But, you know, if you have one person who can't, for whatever reason, like, get right, like, this yeah. one thing and they continuously make this one mistake, but you don't realize and then they do 150 pairs of shoes in a yeah. day or whatever, then all of a sudden, realistically, especially if they're all the same model, could have... How many fake shoes could be going out to people? Just That's from a, a simple yeah, mistake. Yeah, yeah. And it's... I'm not... I'm not saying that I think it's okay that fake shoes get out there, but verifying shoes is is tough because it's not like this, like there obviously are cues to this is real, this isn't, but it isn't just like this easily like checkable process that you'd be like, know 100%, 100% for sure that this is real or not. And I think that this lawsuit that StockX has, you know, could have walked away from a while ago and maybe could have settled when it was just an NFT thing, but this lawsuit has exposed this fundamental like the, flaw, yeah. this idea in StockX's business. And I kind of was talking to this seller, you know, who got these fake pairs about this, where like actually 100% authentic is not something you can claim unless you're the brand. That is mm. too elusive for an outside entity to ever claim. And that's why StockX is making the shift to verify to say, look, these even, shoes, we can't... Even though Scott Cutler wouldn't yeah. have admitted it on our podcast. I mean, we asked him the question. We, we did our best. But, you know, like, this exposes that that there's this idea that the shoes are 100% authentic, but nobody can say that unless they're Nike. So if you're a third party, the best you can do is say they're verified by StockX. This is what that means. These are all the things well, that we do for that. And if you don't like it, send the shoes back to us. Well, I think it, it really uh, highlights what Scott being on here and talking about scale, 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 mm-hmm. where it's just, it's not easy to scale this stuff. Yeah. And to think, that, and I I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but to just think you can come in and just scale it mm-hmm. without having any of these problems, I think is indicative of someone who may not be as versed in the sneaker world as maybe they want to present themselves as. Yeah. And just, you know, all of a sudden having bulletproof 
experts who are going to never get anything wrong is mm. the expectation when not everyone who's doing these like verifying jobs is like, this is going to be like their lifelong career. For some of them, it's just like, you know, I like shoes. Oh, come in, you know. Yeah. And Did the reseller say over what period of time he bought those? So amount of pairs of, like that seems like StockX in the loss in the court is probably gonna yeah. have to have a defense what 38 out of how many 72 60 that's 62 pairs so i would like i would like to know yeah. how long purchased if it was yeah. like one big that bulk. was in a batch because basically they're all similar shoes right this reseller the, so it was unc ones mocha ones and hyper royal ones because this this reseller told me basically quote they had kind of dipped in the market and they were feeling like Oh, what a great opportunity. I'll buy a bunch of these on StockX. He said, so I bought, I want to say, 60 to 70 pairs of these on StockX. And at the time, it got delivered over a span of three to four weeks. And by the way, I want to put one disclaimer on this. When I first discovered this and I had mm -hmm. tweeted about it saying, oh, I want to figure out who this person is who turned snitch for Nike in the StockX lawsuit. A bunch of people got upset about it because I guess that's what you do on Twitter is make get up lies or get fake upset about things or dunk on people or whatever. So they were like... Oh, how could you call this guy a snitch? He's helping out. Yes, if, if that happened to me, I would do the same thing. Yes, of course. It was a joke. And even the guy said he didn't care that I joked about him being a snitch. So hmm. if he's not mad about it, you're not allowed to be mad about it. Oh. Uh, but almost immediately when I put that out, somebody hit, hit me back and being like, this is who the person is. Reached out to him. We talked about it. Um, he had posted a lot about this stuff on his IG to get StockX or someone else to take notice. Because I think, as we know, it's very hard to get a real response from StockX on some of these I feel things. Like we, we see, I mean, we see that a lot. Where yeah. it's like almost like weekly, daily tagged into some sort of consumer complaint with StockX. Yeah, and this is a person who spent over a million dollars on StockX and was still having trouble getting like a resolution to his issue. And basically, crazy. yeah, he's a reseller and he said, this is how it works for him. Quote, if, if you're able to get the bulk volume discount and you have a proper business set up, you get a reseller certificate, you get sales tax submitted, so you can buy these things with a high bid and then drop them off at your consignment store, unquote. So that's that's the type of arbitrage mm. they were doing where basically in 2022, the financials or the taxes, and if you ran your business right, you would buy a bunch of stuff on StockX, unload it at the consignment store, and then make money off the difference. So he got 62 pairs. He was checking them on these apps, you know, like check, check and things like that, where you submit some photos and see... 38 of them were fake. And, and at that point, you know, it's like a systemic issue. There's something wrong with the way that that's too many. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And but also, to be fair, I'm not uh, giving a stock X a pass or anything, yeah. but those apps aren't 100% themselves either. For sure. Because I've had people, oh. I had someone hit me up and they, they were trying to tell me uh, something about their sabotage dunks. And I'm like, dude, those are so fake. Mm. And he's like, no, they passed on check check. And I'm like, well, I don't care, dude. They're <laughs> fake. Yeah. So, and the guy even said, he, he said, quote, I really like StockX. I really think they're actually a critical part of the sneaker accessibility, and I believe in the concept. The problem is they've never been held accountable for the way they've handled this stuff. You know, also, like, when he finally got the refund, you know, when he sent them back to StockX, presumably these just become somebody else's problem of, like, if they get sent back to the seller and they're fake, then somebody yeah. else somewhere down the line who is not as, you know, keen as this person or doesn't have the right set of eyes or protocols to check them is going to get a pair of fake shoes and basically this guy told me that he'll still buy stuff on StockX, but he'll stay away from the problematic skews which he says unc ones hyper royal ones mocha ones stuff that's white white air force so, ones stuff that's made in mass units to try and bootleg yeah yeah like real gray market sort of stuff yeah so i mean 
that's it. Like I said, it's a nightmare. If I bought 38 pairs of shoes from StockX, I'd be doing nearly everything in my power as well to get that money back. Yeah. I mean, I might stop short of like showing up at a deposition for it, but I don't know. Yeah. And I can say unequivocally that StockX has reputational problems right now. Mm. And, you know, we said that to yeah. Scott Culler, StockX CEO, when he was sitting on this program. So I, I do wonder how these endless scandals will affect StockX once they're a public company. And, you know, yeah. that could just like hurt the stock price. And they haven't responded to the. Obviously, they haven't responded to this exact claim, but it'll come out in court. I'm really interested to see what they say. 38 out of 62? Yeah. And, and you know... The, and you said you said that is there there's certain models that are created at mass? Like what? Just like fully GRs? Is that what you're talking about? Well, it's just certain shoes that, you know, like big like releases of like big popular, volume, popular yeah. shoes. I mean, imagine like a Panda Dunk or something like got that. It, that got it. people are... They're not going to put as much effort into trying to like recreate these like super niche like limited collaborations, you know, or yeah. to try and resell. I, w- I want to keep going on this for a little bit. There's one funny quote here, and I know Wealthy likes this one. This is from the judge in in one of these. Uh, oh yes, this is one, great. one of these meetings between the two parties where they're they're going over the case, and the judge says, "Quote: I remember this involves non fungible tokens, which I thought were done. I thought we were done with them, but that. my law clerk tells me no. That at least boys in college still think they're important. That's funny and yeah. You know, it's it's an amazing quote, and the judge is really funny if you read the transcripts. But also, it highlights to me, and this is something I drew from my conversation with this this reseller who's you know involved in the lawsuit. Is remember this this lawsuit started over NFTs, which now nobody cares about. StockX's so NFTs. Should, if if they had gone back in time, and be like, hey, shouldn't do an NFT, and or even like, like, let's settle with Nike earlier over this NFT thing. Instead, they've picked the strangest hill to die on, which what was originally you know an NFT lawsuit that you know. Again, nobody wants to buy NFTs from StockX, in my opinion. And and it could have gone away, it feels like, at that point. But instead, they held on to it. Nike brought in the fake shoes. And now every couple of months, there's a new headline and, and a new piece of evidence about the fake shoes getting through on StockX. And it's like, this is what you this is what you wanted to hold on to? This is over over the NFT thing? You know? Like, yeah, it's what funny. a terrible look. Are uh, you guess, right about NFTs? Uh, no. Or... Uh, I mean, NFTs are dumb, but okay. but although Nike doesn't call them NFTs when they yeah, eat, yeah. <laughs> funny full circle moment, I guess uh, we're talking about fake shoes getting mm-hmm. passed around, and it's funny because we haven't discussed it on here, but um, we were talking about bread Jordan fours. Yep. There's been this infamous pair of fake off white bread jordan fours that keeps on getting passed around 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 the internet it's yeah it's, it's like a it's to what's me, the latest to me it's like a fake it's like a fake artifact you know where it's like the, every, what was it six hundred thousand on ebay people, and then people were all like oh this one shoe and the shoe's like so cooked that like it's been yeah. worn and worn and i don't trust those at all yeah and if arthur Carr didn't wear them exactly was, was talking, if shannon ablo didn't wear them was yeah talking all, to our friend yeah. pg and you know he's he's way more in tune to that like mm. high-end world and he's like dude that shoe has like changed hands like 11 times in the in the past the GPS like tracker on it <laughs> two no months because he, he's yeah. so aware of it and then you know, i had people hitting me up months ago being like hey can you get complex to post i'm like dude your shoe's fake i'm not posting it you told them that yeah and he's like no it's not i have proof and i go well i have proof too that your shoe's fake and then he just like you know like scampered off like roaches Damn. uh What's but your proof? PG, you gonna call PG in for a, a sworn just, deposition? Just funny that like it you got just a StockX it, authenticator. At pe- hand? People keep on trying to pass hands, pass hands, Who pass hands. Who are you calling on the stand if you get into a case with that? Are you calling Arthur Carr first or PG knows? <laughs> uh, why not both? Okay. 
But and that's an interesting thing better. to bring up because again, it, it goes back to this yeah. question of who can define authenticity. To me, only the brand can. Yep. Anybody else, whether it's StockX, eBay, Goat, it's it's nebulous. I think I think. It's have you bought a lot off StockX? I've sold more on StockX than yeah. I bought on StockX, but I have bought on StockX and I probably will still in the future. I'm wondering future, if we've ever I, gotten a fake pair. Oh, that's oh, don't even say. Oh, it just stresses <laughs> think, me out even thinking. I think about it's it. interesting. Um, I guess just wearing these shoes. Uh, just remind me of it. I always thought Let it was. Let me see if that was legit. No, it's interesting. <laughs> I think <laughs> these, do these don't have it. Right these here? don't have it, but I always thought it was one of the best things that um, a brand had ever done to combat fakes. So all Stone Island jackets yeah. have this like QR code, essentially woven Those into the good man. woven into the garment. Yeah, on the label. that where you can go on the website and scan it, and yeah. it will show you exactly what. I, I'm sure you can somehow fudge that, but it would show you exactly where the um the item was bought from mm-hmm. like i had bought uh, my first stone island jacket at century 21 mm-hmm. and, obvi- and it asked you where the item was purchased and everything to like see if it lines you're up checking it on the qr code yeah to where on the website and it wouldn't have had registered at century 21 because they're mm. they weren't the original retailer of right. it but was actually able to uh, track the jacket down to a store in an airport in Dusseldorf, huh. Germany. Oh. And it, it like in that yeah, to me, yeah, like yeah. and I looked the store up and I'm like, no, this is a real store. Yeah. So maybe there are ways to fake that and it's not hundred percent definitive, but it was interesting to see a brand go through like those levels to really off the prove authenticity to the consumer. Yeah. Well I think Nike does have a process like that and it's yeah. something that's been hinted at a lot in the lawsuit. But Nike of course wants to protect that because if, if any of that information ever got out, it would help counterfeiters. So Nike has some way to confirm legitimacy and authenticity of these products. Unfortunately, we'll probably never get that in the public because it's such a trade secret. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's like the, and it's redacted but it's, here and there. It's just annoying because like the brand knows, but maybe like the consumer doesn't know. You yeah. know, like there's always all these tricks. Like you see, like the black light. Um, yeah. We almost wore the black light. Yeah, I almost wore back back in the for day. The box, I asked if someone had a back in the day with the SBs. Not all of them, but there was like the little secret. It's like the production date had to touch the the skew or the the barcode. Mm-hmm. If it didn't, if there was a gap between it, that like they weren't real. Mm-hmm. It was like mm-hmm. these little like tricks that you learned. Speaking of Stone Island, before we get out of here, uh, I bought my first pair of Stone Island pants. Yeah, and I'm wearing those on Monday's episode. Excited. And when Monday's episode drops... Monday's episode of Sneaker Shopping? Yeah. Any hints? No hints, but... Okay. It's a big one. <laughs> just, just smiling at the camera. Do we have anything else? I, I do have one more thing. One okay. request. Welty. Oh, uh-oh, what? Since you bestowed this title upon me... And are you asking me to like publicly yeah, uncurse you? Yeah, I, I'm wondering if you can relieve me from this title since apparently it's not something I can relinquish myself. Will you officially take away from me for the public record here on air the title of Tom Sachs guy? I think you've come full circle. Thank you. On your Tom Sachs fandom. Thank you. In uh, not digging the new work and then publicly disavowing him and holding them accountable yeah. and getting the only comment from yeah. the record on nike on the matter i think maybe you've untom sacks guy yourself and you'll untom sacks me yeah you're no longer the tom sacks guy you have well thank thank god we got through that <laughs> he really started all the way back <laughs> face camp. no i appreciate okay. that okay i Look, appreciate there you that have and it. in all seriousness 
you know, some pretty foul stuff that he's yeah, yeah, like accused we, of. No, yeah, not yeah, making, no, not, not making, not a laughing yeah, yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. I think we, uh, we caught up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, everyone. So, sometimes we get a little behind, but we'll be right back. You so know, we can, if, we... if some breaking news happen, you know, trust me, we'll be here the next week with the scoops and all the details. Absolutely. Covering it in detail. All right, everyone. This has been the Complex Sneakers Podcast. We hope everyone has a great weekend. Please like, subscribe. We will see you next week. Our producer is David Matthews. Our associate producer is Jillian Hardman-Webb. Audio editing done by Haley Choi. Special thanks to Jen Stewart, Shiva Bayet, and Haley Choi. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is a production of the Complex Podcast Network. Network.